Welcome to the Ocean Grove Camp Meeting Association's podcast. In Mark 16:15, Jesus says, Go throughout the whole world and preach the gospel to every person. This good news sermon was given in the Great Auditorium in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. Visit oceangrove.org to learn how we are fulfilling our mission to provide people of all ages with opportunities for spiritual birth, growth, and renewal through worship, educational, cultural, and recreational programs at the Jersey Shore. Good evening. Do you love to tell the story of Jesus and his love? Say the name Jesus. Jesus. Do you feel the sweet presence of our Lord? Does it change everything? We come before you tonight and we lift up our Lord and Savior and we remember, remember the sweet, sweet story and we know this story's not done. There is a bright future. He is with us today. He will be with us forever. We're going to go right to the scripture reading. Our scripture reading tonight comes from Romans chapter 6, verses 15 to 23. Hear the reading of God's word. What then? Shall we sin because we are not under the law, but under grace? By no means. Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one you obey. Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or to obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God that though you used to be slaves to sin, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin and have become slaves to righteousness. I put this in human terms because you are weak in your natural selves, just as you used to offer the parts of your body in slavery to impurity and to ever-increasing wickedness. So now, offer them in slavery to righteousness leading to holiness. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin, and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness, and the result is eternal life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. May God add the blessing to the reading of his word. Welcome. Welcome to the Great Auditorium. On behalf of the trustees of the Ocean Grove Camp Meeting Association, I welcome you to worship our Lord in the power of the Holy Spirit here in the Great Auditorium. Let us turn our hearts to the Lord in prayer as we prepare for the message 
from Chaplain Black. Heavenly Father, dear Lord, you have called us. You have called us out of darkness, out of sin, out of the chains that bind us and tie us in slavery. And through Jesus Christ, you have made a way. You have paid our sins. You have paid our debt completely. And now with joy, we are a resurrection people. We are a people of hope. We are a people washed in the blood of the Lamb. We are a people who can be a people of holiness. Holiness, are you, holy are you, Lord. Wash our robes that we may be holy. Lord God, tonight, have your Holy Spirit blow through this place. Blow the doors off, the windows open. Let this be a time of your Holy Spirit freeing people from sins, freeing them from doubt, freeing us from division and selfishness that we may only be focused on you and your Christ and how we may, in love, spread the good news to one another. I ask you, Lord, to bless the offering this evening, that through the offering, you may be glorified, not only this year, not only in the 150th anniversary, the sesquicentennial next year, but until the Lord returns. Glory, glory, glory to you, Lord, now and forevermore. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let us pray, sweet Holy Spirit, sweet heavenly dove, stay right here with us, filling us with your love. And for these blessings, we lift our hearts in praise. Without a doubt, we'll know that we have been revived when we shall leave this place in that name that is above every name, the precious name of Jesus Christ our Lord. We praise you and thank you. Amen and amen. Give God praise and glory again. Yes. I will return to D.C. and inform them that Methodists can clap. Praise the Lord. Isn't that something? Why should the devil have all the fun? And this takes me back to my boyhood when we had an afternoon worship service where we would sing every hymn that you, you sang today and a few others. So it brought back wonderful, wonderful memories. Uh, I am so appreciative for the Methodist tradition and the great hymns that Charles Wesley and others uh, gave us. Even John Wesley wrote some hymns. Uh, these are real hymns with theological foundations. You can actually pray these hymns. Uh, there are sermons in these hymns. Someone said, we have too, mu too much 7-11 music today. Okay, that's right. Seven words repeated 11 times, over and over and over again, the refrain, you know. And we need hymns that will teach us something. Praise God. And I teach you, sing the benediction, almost, almost. 
after these. And the way, you know, there's an old saying in, in African-American preaching circles, good meat makes its own gravy. Okay? You don't have to get all excited. Just the good meat will make its own gravy. And I don't know whether this, there was intentionality behind girlfriend, the soprano, going up, basically saying, I'm sorry, but I, I gots to do what I gots to do. Praise the Lord. And she just went on up there with her gift and praised the Lord. That is the kind of spontaneous worship we're going to have in heaven. Okay? And praise God for me, my vocal cords will be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye, you know, so that I'll be able to participate also. But when we sing redemption story, angels will fold their wings. They may be able to outsing us, but when we start singing amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me, angels will fold their wings. For angels never felt the joy, as John Newton put it in his wonderful hymn, Amazing Grace, that our salvation brings. What a day that's going to be. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Now, uh, I want to talk this evening about finding freedom through bondage. Finding freedom through bondage. In September 50 years ago, 1968, I saw a young woman standing on the steps of Moran Hall at a university in Huntsville, Alabama. And when I saw her, the words of scripture did not leap to mind, but rather the words of Christopher Marlowe Ah, thou art fairer than the evening air clad in the beauty of a thousand stars. Okay? Uh, that young woman is here this evening, and baby, would you please stand so that the people will be able to see in the back. There she is, the same young woman who captured my fancy some 50 years ago. Now, Brenda lived in St. Petersburg, Florida, and she worked in Florida, but during the summer, I was so captured by this woman that on the weekends, I didn't, I didn't even realize it until I Googled how far I was driving and how many, on the weekends, I would drive 1,200 miles round trip. 19 hours of driving, Google said, would be, be the distance to see her. And, and when I would see her, uh, even as it's still there today, uh, more than 50 years later, when I would see her, it would be glory for me. Okay, oh, that will be glory for me. Praise God. Right? Now, looking back at it, I said, were you out of your mind? <laughs> you, you know, uh, trying to be rational. Why would you drive on the way? I mean, you're in the car longer than you can be with her. But there is a freedom in certain kinds of bondage. And where there is love, there is a sweet bondage that can transform us and enable us to live consistently 
victorious Christian lives. We need a passion for Christ that will not just make him our Savior, but make him our Lord. There's an old spiritual that says, I'm sometimes up and I'm sometimes down. Oh, yes, Lord. I'm sometimes almost to the ground. Oh, yes, Lord. Well, God, 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 God doesn't, God doesn't want it to be that way for us, okay? He doesn't want, can I join the baritone section there? there uh, okay, can I get it? Get it? Okay, next time we'll be, uh, okay, anyway. The, but, but he doesn't want us sometimes up and sometimes down, particularly when it comes to our encounters with evil. He challenges us to be salt and light to our generation. Matthew 5, 13 through 16, he says, you are the salt of the earth. Salt brings flavor. Salt makes food more palatable. My mother was from Hartsville, South Carolina, and breakfast meant grits, okay? You can't be a good southerner without it. the question when you go to Charleston and places like that is, what will you be having with your grits when you go into the restaurants? Because they know they're going to be grits. But when I think of grits without salt, I tremble. <laughs> I mean, imagine saltless grits. You are the salt of the earth. Bring flavor. People should not be high-fiving one another when you have a sick day on your job. Okay? Some of you will get that on the way home. But then you have to. <laughs> you are the light of the world. You should illuminate. And that takes becoming a slave to righteousness. It means choosing the better bondage because you will be a slave to something. You will be a slave to either sin or to righteousness. Our blessed Lord said in John 8, 34, he said to the, to, to the Pharisees, I'll bring you freedom. And, and the religious leader said, we have never been slaves to anyone. What are you talking about? And they forgot the four centuries they spent in slavery in Egypt. We've never been slaves to anyone. And the Savior said, those who commit sin, they are slaves to sin. John chapter 8, verse 34. We, beloved, need to find freedom in bondage. When I would drive those 19 hours round trip, I was singing songs just so happy to get there and be with Brenda. Now she has difficulty getting me to drive two hours out of the way. But back in the day, help us, Lord. Bring, that's why the Bible says you've lost your first love. You don't bring me flowers anymore, okay? And so the challenge is to find freedom through bondage. We need to find freedom through bondage because we are walking pathology without Christ. We are walking pathology without Christ. There's a startling passage of Scripture, Mark chapter 7, verse 
verses 21 and 22, that talks about what's inside of us without Christ. Listen to what Jesus says in Mark 7, 21 and 22. He says, for from within, these are the words of our Lord, for from within, out of a person's heart, comes evil thoughts. They're swirling around in us. Sexual immorality. These are the words of the Savior, Mark 7, 21 and 22. Theft. We have thievery inside of us, murder. That is why our Lord said, if you hate someone, you have committed murder. You have heard it said, of, of old you shall not commit murder, but I say unto you, if you hate. He's saying what the philosopher Barney Fife once said. You are, I'm a philosophy major. You're all familiar with the writings of Barney Fife. The philosopher Barney Fife says, nip it in the bud. Okay. Oh, we have some philosophy majors here. Praise God. Nip it, Andy. Nip it in the bud. Jesus is saying that hate is the prelude to murder. Because when you say, I hate you, what you are actually saying, we can infer from the words of Christ, is if I could kill you and get away with it, I would. So from within, theft, murder, adultery. That's why he says, if you look, okay, greed, wickedness, deceit, Lord have mercy, lustful desires, this is just two verses, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. Beloved, when we are slaves to sin and we're born that way, okay, we are walking pathology. Second, we need to find freedom through bondage, with the right kind of bondage, the better bondage, because we have deceptive hearts. There are two scriptures that frighten me. Well, actually, more than two, but two that I think of right now. Jeremiah 17:9 says, The heart is deceitful above what? There we go, biblically. Biblically literate people here, praise the Lord, and desperately wicked, and then it continues, who can know it? Never say what you won't do. When I was a young preacher, and I was in my 20s, and I would hear of some minister uh, having a moral lapse, I would get my preacher voice, how dare he? Besmutch the name of our dear Lord like that. But thank God the years have come and gone and when I hear of someone who had a moral misstep, I fall on my knees and say, there go I were it not for the grace of God. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately, desperately wicked. Who can know it? Matthew 7 the Bible says, another startling scripture that frightens me, many shall say to me in that day, here it's a parable of it, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Check. Did we not cast out the demonic in your name? Check. 
did we not do many mighty works in your name? Check. God never says, no, you're telling falsehoods here. But the startling response, because of the deceptiveness of the human heart, is depart from me. I never knew you. Self-deception. Proverbs 14, 12 says, there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is what? The way of death. We have deceptive hearts. That is why we need to be connected to the one who said, I am the way, the truth, and the light. And that is why we need to be exposed to the sanctification force. John 17, 17, sanctify them through thy truth. Can you finish it? Thy word is true. See, when you're on the front row, you know these scriptures. See, all these people on the front row gave the answer way in the back there. Well, my wife is in the back. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I got to be careful what I say. All right, praise the Lord. <laughs> praise the Lord. Beloved, we have deceptive hearts. And then there's a third reason why we need to find freedom through bondage, and that is as quiet as it's kept, we have a hell hate to use a four-letter word in the pulpit, a hell to shun, okay? Revelation chapter 20, verses 12 through 15. Listen to what this scripture says. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne. This is the last book in the Bible and nearly the last chapter. And the books were open. God has books including, praise God, the book of life. When we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, our names immediately go into the book of life. And the dead were judged according to what they had done, as recorded in the books. The sea gave up its dead, and death and the grave gave up their dead. And all were judged according to their deeds. Revelation 20, 12 through 15. These are not the words of Barry Black. Then, praise God, death and the grave <laughs> were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death, and anyone whose name was not found recorded in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That is why you need the right master. But praise God, we sang about the bondage that brings freedom when we sang living for Jesus. A life that is true. That's the bondage that I'm talking about. Striving to please him in all that I do. What a master I have yielded allegiance, glad-hearted and free. This is the pathway of blessing for me. And I almost started shouting on the refrain, oh, we're talking to my master. We're talking to the one I'm a slave to. Oh, Jesus, Lord and Savior, I give myself to thee. Why? For thou in thine atonement to give thyself for me the kenosis the emptying philippians 2 i own 
no other master shall be your throne. This is the bondage that I'm looking for. My life, my total life, I give it all to thee. Oh, Christ, for thee alone. Oh, what a sweet bondage I'm in. Oh, what a blessed freedom I find in that bondage. And so the tent maker from Tarsus talks about it in Romans chapter 6. The apostle Paul, as we put our scripture on the screen, well then, he's teaching us how to find freedom in bondage. Since God's grace has set us free from the law. Okay. It's the grace. I live in the condemnation-free zone. Romans 8, 1. There is now, therefore, no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Does that mean we shall go on sinning? Of course not. What is Paul saying? He's saying if you're going to find freedom through bondage, don't take the grace of God for granted. Okay? You know? It's like marriage. You've got, you've got to work at it. Don't take the grace of God for granted. Okay? Samson, one of the few people in the Bible whose birth was predicted, took the grace of God for granted in Judges chapter 16, and because his gift did not leave him, he thought he could just continue. He would take the grace of God for granted. And here is a man who was a judge in Israel for 20 years, who finds himself in the home of a prostitute in Gaza, and when he leaves because the gates have been locked and the Philistines think they have him trapped, you would have expected if I were writing the book and Samson went to the gate, but because he had sinned, his strength left him and the Philistines captured him. No, no, no. The Bible says the Spirit of the Lord came upon him. Here is a man, read about it in Judges 16, who is leaving a prostitute's home and the Spirit of the Lord comes upon him and that strength, the gift of his strength is still intact and he lifts up the gate and walks and tosses it aside. He's taking the grace of God for granted and when Sister Delilah finally takes him out, okay, and he knows what she's doing, Tie me with new ropes. He's playing games, taking the grace of God for granted. One of the saddest verses in Scripture, Judges 16, verse 20. He did not know that the Lord had departed from him. God left him and didn't even say goodbye. But praise God, that grace that Samson took for granted kicked back in. <laughs> And when Samson had his eyes punched out, when Samson realized that he was not experiencing God's plan A for his life, God never intended for Samson to have his eyes punched out, but the way of the transgressor is hard. And in the temple of Dagon, with the Philistines blaspheming the name of Yahweh, Samson started talking to God and said, do it for me one more time. And the strength kicked in, and Samson fulfilled the purposes of God for his life. And I remember, Brother Michael, when I was reading through the scriptures, 
I thought Samson died a suicide. Temple pulled the temple of Dagon down on, on himself. I said, that man is a goner, and you can imagine how startled I was as a teenager when I got to Faith's Hall of Fame in Hebrews chapter 11, and there was Samson's name. He may have died a suicide, but there's a wideness in God's mercy like the wideness of the sea. Therefore, never say who's going to be in heaven and who's not going to be in heaven. A dying thief will be there, and there will be people there and the biggest surprise, we will be there. Oh, bless the name of Jesus. Don't take his grace for granted. Let his grace, let his grace make you love him more. Grace, grace, marvelous grace. Grace that is greater than all our sins. Don't you realize, verse 16, that you become the slave of whatever you choose to obey. You can be a slave to sin, which leads to death. Aren't these audiovisual people wonderful? All I have to do is which, and there comes the next slide, leads to death in the middle of a phrase. Or you can choose to obey God, which leads to righteousness. So the second thing, choose the better bondage. Tragically, we celebrate bondage to sin. And we need, we need greater spiritual discernment than that. Last few days we have been celebrating, many have been celebrating, the life of Aretha Franklin. But Brother Theodore can tell me, he's a musician, a consummate musician, that if you listen to the lyrics of Aretha's songs, praise the Lord, they are not talking about slavery to righteousness. Okay. One of her songs states, you're no good, you're a heartbreaker, you're a liar, and you're a thief, but I've never loved a man the way that I love you. Really? Is that right? <laughs> Even respect is talking about not give me the, I'm going to give you my money and listen, read the lyrics, listen to what you're saying when you hear songs or when you're singing songs because there is a subtle bondage that the enemy ha may have, the devil may have to sin and it is a hard, the devil is a hard taskmaster. Choose the better bondage, the bondage to Jesus Christ, for our Lord said, if you commit sin, you are a slave to sin. Joseph chose the better bondage and said, how then can I do this great wickedness? To Mrs. Potiphar and sin against God. Daniel, says Daniel 1.8, purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. He chose the better bondage. It is a bondage from someone who says to us in Matthew 11, 27 and 28, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest 
unto your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light and even if you have to drive 19 hours round trip on a weekend it will be a sweet yoke for you and you'll be rejoicing all the way don't choose the bondage that leads to death for you but you can choose to obey God which leads to right living one of the hymns we didn't sing that we used to sing is yield not to temptation you don't know for yielding is sin each victory will help you some other to win fight manfully onward dark passions subdue and then I love it look you got to look to your master ever to Jesus he will carry you through Philippians 4:13 I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me ask the Savior to help you comfort strengthen and keep you he is willing to aid you he will carry you through next verse thank God once you were slaves of sin, but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. In other words, you're obeying the teaching. Become a slave to righteousness. Beloved, this has helped me in my battle against sin more than anything else I can think of. Verse 18. Now you are free, thank God, from your slavery to sin, and you have become slaves to righteous living so much so that when you try to go back to the old stuff it's just not the same because you're not the same because if anyone is in Christ can you finish it for me he or she is a new creation old things are passed away hallelujah behold all things are become new now you are free from your slavery to sin and you have become slaves to righteous living, verse 19, because of the weakness of your human nature. I'm using the illustration of slavery to help you understand all of this. Verse 20, previously you let yourself be slaves to impurity and lawlessness, which led ever deeper into sin. Paul talks about your members. He's talking about your body parts. And the key to becoming slaves to righteousness, he says, is to make your members or your body parts slave to righteousness. What your hands do has to be done for righteousness now and not for sin. What your eyes do, you know how we are. You know, we can make our eyes slaves to righteousness <laughs> or slaves to sin. And we know when, the, when, we, when that movie comes on with all of the hundreds of cable channels that we have and, and it's an inappropriate oh my we 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 go through a righteous and sanctimonious soliloquy they're showing stuff like this on i don't believe you know the remote is right there all you have to do is pick up lord have oh no oh oh can it be oh honey could you come down here to the man cave for a sec? Oh, I don't believe what they're... they take your time, take your time. No, our members, where our feet? I, we don't take our feet the same places anymore. We don't listen. We, our, ear, our body parts are now slaves to right living. Next verse. Now you must give yourself to be slaves to righteous living. And then I love this. I would say, so that you will become holy. You, you are on the road to holiness. 
when you become a slave to righteousness. Second Peter 3.18 says you grow in grace and in a knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Next verse. When you were slaves to sin, you were free from the obligation to do right. You had that, that master cracking the whip. Verse 21. And what was the result? You are now ashamed of the things you used to do. I never look back and say, you know, I resisted that evil five years ago, but I wish I hadn't. I never look back at the, at the victories and wish that these are things we were ashamed of. You used to do things that end in eternal doom. Verse 22, but now, praise God, you are free from the power of sin and have become slaves of God. Now you do those things that lead to holiness, oh, praise God, and result in eternal life. And here's the kicker. I love this. Verse 23, for the wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. Is there anyone here who wants to live forever? It's a free gift. When we become slaves to our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and I don't know about you, I wish we had sung it, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold. I'd rather be his. He's my master. Than have riches untold. I'd rather have Jesus than houses or land. I'd rather be led by his nailed, pierced hands than to be the king or queen of a vast domain and be held in sin's dread sway. I'd rather have Jesus than anything this world affords today. Are you willing this evening to reaffirm your commitment to bondage, a commitment to bondage to the Lord Jesus Christ. To say with Paul in Galatians 2, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ lives in me. The life I now live, I live by faith in the one who loved me and gave himself for me. He became a slave so that we might be free. We should become slaves to honor him. He left the chants of cherubims and the songs of seraphims. He left unpolluted breezes and undarkened days. He left the Father's presence and a rainbow-encircled throne in a land where night never comes 
to become a human being would be like a human being becoming a dog to save the members of the canine family and retains his human post-resurrection body. This same Jesus, Acts 1.11, which is taken from you will so come in like manner as ye have seen him come, go into heaven. He says to Caiaphas, you will see the Son of Man seated at the right hand of power. Under oath, he said it, coming in the clouds of heaven. He elevates humanity. For those whom the Son has set free are free indeed. So we have clapped, we've applauded musicians. Let's let our Savior know, you had me at hello. You had me at Calvary. You had me with the thorn-crowned brow, and I commit myself a slave to you, for that is the only way I can experience true freedom. I'm already standing, but I'm making that commitment. If you want to make it with me, would you stand as well? And we're going to pray. Those of you who are making that commitment and telling the Savior, praise his holy name. Heavenly Father, thank you that through the music we have had a foretaste of heaven. And oh God, as I think about our closing hymn, what a wonderful tribute it is to stand right now. And we're basically saying about our master on Christ, the solid rock we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. He is our hope. He is our source of joy. He is our source of peace. He is our Savior. Oh God, help us to not grieve him, but to demonstrate our love by becoming slaves to right living. And when we see him face to face, what a day, O oh God, that will be for us as we cast our crowns at his feet and cry, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive glory and honor, majesty and might forever and ever and ever. <laughs> And when we've been in heaven five or six billion years, oh God, bright, shining as the sun, we've no less days to sing his praise than when we've first begun, because it is through his blood that we have been redeemed. Thank you for hearing and answering this prayer. For we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Give God praise and glory in this place. All right. For Jesus. Yes, now I'm bowing for the benediction. Lord. We thank you for what our eyes have seen, our ears have heard, our hearts have felt. 
We praise you for the freedom that comes through bondage to our blessed Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We cannot comprehend the love, O oh God, that brought him to this planet. And with the hymnists, we would say, if we could with ink the ocean fill and were the skies of parchment made and every blade of grass a quill and every person a scribe by trade to write the story of your love above would drain the oceans dry nor could the scroll contain the whole though stretch from sky to sky thank you for the monogenes the only one of its kind the gift of our savior jesus christ now unto him who is able to keep us without stumbling or slipping and to present us without fault, without blemish before the presence of his glory with unspeakable ecstatic delight in triumphant joy and exultation. To the only wise God, that great shepherd of the flock who brought forth from the dead our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ be glory majesty and might, dominion and power, now and forevermore. In that name that is above every name, the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, we praise you and thank you. Amen and amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening. For more about attending a worship service in the Great Auditorium, additional programs offered by the Ocean Grove Camp Meeting Association, and social media links, go to oceangrove.org.